Peyton Manning was the number one high school recruit, the number one overall draft pick, and won two Super Bowls in his NFL career. And that is not close to the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, who was drafted a couple years later, 198 spots later, in the sixth round, and won seven Super Bowls. The greatest things in reality oftentimes seem to be the most unbelievable. If you were to write it and make it believable, then Peyton Manning probably should have won seven Super Bowls and Tom Brady too. But the greatest things in reality seem to be most unbelievable. And so Christ rising from the dead, being all powerful, all good, all loving, wanting to reveal himself to the world so that all might believe in him, it seems unbelievable that he would approach Peter and the disciples with his identity concealed, calling grown men children after they've fished all night, then asking those men to bring 300 pounds worth of fish to the shore, and while his leader, who's appointed Simon Peter, who has just denied him three times, is exhausted from carrying this fish onto the shore, interrogates him in front of his friends and says, do you love me three times, and embarrasses him. The gospel writers would not have made this up. It is too strange to be not true. It is just strange enough to be totally real. And of all these obstacles that it seems like Jesus puts in front of Peter, this is the strange reality in which Christianity must be lived. In fact, Tom Brady would probably tell you that being taken 199th overall and not starting at his own college was the very means by which he was able to win seven Super Bowls. And so it is the much more in Christianity that Jesus hiding himself from Peter so that he's not overwhelmed with his presence, calling him a child to show his loving care for him and also to show him the humility he should have. Having him bring about all these fish onto the shore, not so that he can be overwhelmed, but so that he can see the fruitfulness that he will have as Pope of the Church. And asking him, do you love me, not alone in a quiet room where he can't be humiliated, but in front of all of his friends, so that he can have the strength to say, yes, I do love you, Lord. That all of these things that he probably thought were obstacles, or we perceive as obstacles, were the means of his own transformation, the means of his own conversion. Christianity is not meant to be lived in a vacuum. It's not meant to be lived once we have all of our ducks in a row that then we can follow Christ. In fact, once Christ has kind of put all these obstacles in front of Peter, elicited the response that he wants, then Peter, in this kind of upside-down reality, which he responds to the Lord in all of its strangeness, follows him to the point in which he is crucified upside down in his last breathing moments.
This is the very end of the Gospel of John, which is the last of the four Gospels. And at the end of it, before John concludes saying that of all the things that Jesus did, they cannot be contained if they were written in the whole world. The books would take up too much space. The last of those words are emphatic. That amongst all this strange reality, that when he had said this to Peter, he said to Peter simply, follow me.